On today's hot sheet, I'm discussing the outcome of this week's Fed meeting, Jerome Powell's remarks on housing and U.S. jobless claims. Today is Thursday, September 21st, 2023. I am Byron Lazine, and the hot sheet starts now. Here we go. What a hot sheet we have to share today. Uh, love to know in the live comments which market you're tuning in from. I am ultra jacked up for this one, maybe because it's coming off of the massive success that was BAM Camp yesterday. It was only a massive success for those, uh, thanks to those rather, who came. That's who we owe the thanks to. It was an unbelievable experience to share with so many bammers coming all the way from so many different locations to naples florida yesterday so if you were there i know ae kniff i know you were there from jacksonville brother uh it was so good to meet you and so many others so thank you from the bottom of our hearts if you were able to make it out and don't worry this is just the start for bam nobody does what we do here on the hot sheet in the industry and nobody is going to do what we're going to do in the event space and yesterday was just the start so maybe more on that later or if you missed it maybe something you could hit next week but let's dive in we've got jerome powell and the fomc's decision okay so i'll start with their official press release i have some clips that i want to share with you when he got into housing i have exactly how many times he spoke of housing it typically isn't a lot he doesn't spend a ton of time on there but there were some key moments yesterday when he did okay so right off the bat rates hold it was expected it was 97 percent factored into the market going into yesterday's press conference the meetings took place with the fomc on tuesday and on wednesday they had the press conference yesterday rates hold as expected okay so that's the headline there uh, now, as we project out, there are 12 officials that are penciling in one hike this year. Okay, so one more hike. Uh, seven are ready to pause. So there's there's a little bit of a debate now going forward. It seems like the early indications are uh, that we'll see, you know, maybe one more hike before the end of this year. Now, the median projection is that we'll have two cuts in 24. When that happens, I would, you know, at this point, I would say we're, we're talking late 2024. Uh, there's projections that don't put us at 2% inflation, the, the Fed's target, until 2025. They will start cutting before that, but that's still a very long way out. Reading right from their uh, press release, okay, recent indicators suggest that economic activity has been expanding at a solid pace. Job gains have slowed in recent months but remain strong. Remember the Fed wants job gains to slow down significantly. Uh, they won't be done until they break the labor market. That's a Logan Motoshami uh, coined quote that he's been running with. Inflation remains elevated. Okay. So it's still not anywhere where, where they need it to be. The U S banking system is sound and resilient. That's a big one, right? Remember the first few months of the year, we had massive scares in that sector. Tight credit conditions for households and businesses are likely to weigh on economic activity, hiring, and inflation. The extent of those effects remains uncertain. The committee remains highly attentive 
to inflation risk. The committee seeks to achieve maximum employment and inflation at the rate of 2% over the longer run. That is what they're here to do. 2% is goal number one. They kind of had it flipped around there in their in their quote, but 2% inflation over the longer run, that is goal one. They'll get there no matter what is what they've been saying, even if it means breaking the labor market. But they want to get there while maintaining maximum employment levels. Okay. Uh, so let's go into some of Jerome Powell's uh, timestamps here that we have, Bobby. And I'd like to do it getting, uh, you know, focusing on where he spoke about housing. Now, before we go to the clip, just, just a second, um, he spoke on housing. One, two, three, four total times. One was a direct question. I applaud this. Uh, the gentleman, Kyle Campbell, an American banker, who asked the question, or from American Banker, who asked the question. Uh, we'll get to that at the end. Uh, early on, here's a quote from Jerome Powell, then we're going to start playing some clips. Recent readings on consumer spending have been particularly robust. Activity in the housing sector has picked up somewhat, though it remains well below levels of a year ago, largely reflecting higher mortgage rates. Higher interest rates also appear to be weighing on business fixed investments. So activity in the housing sector has picked up somewhat. He's talking about a little bit of a longer run than maybe what you've experienced the last couple of weeks. And you may have experienced activity actually slowing. So many agents are saying that about the last 14 days in particular. But that's the quote there. Within two minutes, uh, he did mention housing, which is a rarity. Usually it'll take, you know, five to six minutes. Uh, and, and it's really more focused on, uh, obviously, the housing sector's relation to mortgage rates. Okay, now four minutes, 35 seconds in, uh, he touches on housing again, just just touches on it. This, is, this isn't as deep as he goes later on. My colleagues are, and I are acutely aware that inflation imposes significant hardship as it erodes purchasing power, especially for those least able to meet the higher costs of essential like food, housing, and transportation. We are highly attentive to the risk that in, uh, high inflation poses to both sides of our mandate, and we're strongly committed to returning inflation to our 2% in uh, 2% objective. You know, what Jerome Powell said there is absolutely true. The people that are going and are continuing to be squeezed the most are those at the lower levels of income, um, the ones that are looking, you know, think about the housing market, okay? Who's it been the hardest on? Starter home buyers, anybody that's buying below median prices in any market. Yesterday at BAM Camp on Knowledge Brokers panel, which by the way, if you missed BAM Camp, the only uh, you know piece of content that is gonna be shared publicly will be the Knowledge Brokers panel, myself, Tom Tool, Lisa Chinati, on at Knowledge Brokers podcast over on that YouTube channel. So you can go subscribe there. It'll be uploaded tomorrow. Uh, but we talk about, about this, that you know, going forward, the lower end of the market is going to be squeezed so much that it's, it, it almost sounds a little dirty to say this, but agents should be thinking, how do I hire a prices point, higher price point? Because they have so much pain there. Uh, it's almost like I'm saying abandon the lower price points, but for the safety of your business, you almost have to make that consideration. 
because nobody's nobody has a plan out there to create more inventory for affordable housing. Um, with these inflation issues, they continue uh, the lower price points. People shopping for lower price point housing continues to struggle and has a long road uh, ahead. So he's right on the money there. Okay. Then he mentions housing two more times, and this is in the Q and A. Uh, three more times in the Q and A portion. I want to play uh, Bobby one in particular. Let's go to the clip from 21 minutes, 14 seconds in Jerome Powell's talk. And then we're going to go the direct question about housing. Uh, but play this this uh, this question here from Nick Tiramos, Wall Street Journal reporter. Powell, both you and Vice Chair Williams have indicated that sufficiently restrictive will be judged on a real rather than nominal basis. By the way, Bobby, I'm pause it real quick. Or nominal. So this guy here, Nick Tiramos, for those that are not familiar this person asking the question from wall street journal is like the adam schefter of fed leaks okay so if, if you know if you know the reference adam schefter is a nfl reporter anytime one of these owners in the nfl want to leak information out or a front office they want to leak information out maybe they're in a contract negotiation or whatever and they want to get something public to kind of you know, turn public attention, think turning the market. This is the guy that the Fed will leak. This is the only guy that the Fed will leak information to. So he's a really good follow on Twitter X. Go ahead and play the question. Rate cuts next year provided further compelling evidence uh, that price pressures will continue to subside. Is the FOMC focused on targeting a real level of policy restriction? And can you explain what would constitute enough evidence that will allow the FOMC to normalize the nominal stance of policy while keeping real policy settings sufficiently restrictive? I mean, yes, we, we understand that it's a real rate that will matter and that it needs to be sufficiently restrictive. Um, and uh, again, I would say, you know, you know, sufficiently restrictive only when you see it. it you, it's not something you can arrive at with confidence in a model or, or in various estimates, you know. And so what are we seeing? We're, we're seeing, you know, through a combination of the, you know, the unwinding of the pandemic related demand and supply distortions and monetary policies work in suppressing demand or, or alleviating very high demand. The combination of those two things is actually working. You're seeing, you know, uh, inflation coming down. It's principally now in goods, also in housing services. You begin to see effects of it in non-housing services as well. So. I think we think that that, that is working, and um, I, I, I think what you know, as we've said, we, we want to reach that. We want to reach something that we're confident uh, gets us to that level. And I think confidence comes from seeing you know enough data that you feel like yes, okay, this feels like it, we can we can for now decide that this is the right level and just agree to stay here. We're not permanently deciding not to go higher, but. But we would, if, let's say, if we get to that level. And then the question is, how long do you stay at that level? And that's a whole other set of questions. For now, the question is trying to find that level. All right, Bobby. Where we think we can stay there. And we haven't, we haven't got. Okay, so sufficiently restrictive. Nick, Nick T, as uh, the cool kids on Twitter X call this guy, Nick T from Wall Street Journal. Best follow if you're looking for leaks from the Fed, by the way. Um, you know, ask the question about, are, are we... You know, Jerome Powell has used the word restrictive uh, policy right now, which um, he's used that a lot in the past. And so is this a sufficient level, right, where we can just stay here 
on the Fed target rate before we start to uh, eventually lower the Fed rate as we get closer to their 2% inflation level. And Powell's very careful here to say, um, we don't know if this is a sufficient level, if this is restrictive enough, basically high enough. Um, he points towards the big win in housing services. It's, it is, you know, it's the easiest target. They, you know, Jerome Powell does believe that they've won uh, to some degree in breaking the late, the housing market, rather not the labor market, the housing market because of how high the 30 year fixed has gotten. It's been a win for them. Um, and they don't have any, uh, you know, they don't have much more to say about it than that, right? Sufficiently restrictive means we'll see as more data comes in. So he's being very careful saying we're going to keep the options open. Uh, the other uh, thing I'll mention here, and I've mentioned in the past, is that he doesn't believe we felt all the pain from these restrictive measures yet, okay? That, that some of this is going to continue to catch up with us. Think commercial real estate. Think some of these loans that are coming due. Typically, you can just refinance for another five years, 10 years uh, if you're a commercial investor. And that opportunity might not be there with vacancies increasing and then now where the rates are where they're at. That's some of that restrictive you know, stuff down the line that is going to impact us in maybe in 2024. Let's go to uh, the American banker question, Kyle Campbell, Bobby, at 4251. This is a direct question and answer about the housing market. It's the most time Jerome Powell spent yesterday discussing housing. Let's take a listen. Kyle Campbell, American banker. Thank you for taking the questions. Um, just two on, on housing. You've said slower shelter cost growth is in the pipeline and will reflect in inflation readings as new leases are signed. Uh, but there's also some questions out there about the way housing costs are measured, particularly the use of rental equivalents, um, which are estimates from homeowners about what their homes would rent for if they were in the rental market. Um, so my question is, how much of the effort to tame inflation, both as it's measured and felt by the broader public, hinges on housing supply? And then um, as far as a constrained housing supply being sort of exacerbated by this sort of lock-in effect of mortgages being higher now than they were, at their recent historic lows, how is that going to impact uh, future thinking about taking interest rates to that lower bound in the future? So on the supply point, um, of course, supply is very important over time in, um, in setting house prices and, and for that matter, rents. And so and supply is kind of structurally constrained. But in, in terms of, of where inflation is going in the near term, though, as, as you obviously know, a lot of it is is leases that are running off and then being re-signed or released at a level that's that's um, not as not it won't be that much higher. It would have it, it, a year ago it would have been much higher than it was a year before. Now it may be below or at the same level. So as those leases are rolling over, we're we're seeing what we expect, which is measured uh, housing services inflation coming down. Um, your second question. Was the lock-ins, how much is that affecting things, really? Is that going to affect your decisions to potentially bring rates down to their lower bound in the future, sort of creating that, that sort of bubble of buying and then a lock-in that sort of stagnates the housing market? 
I, I think we look at the, I would look at the lock-in, the, the idea being that people are in, in very low mortgage, very low rate mortgages. And uh, if they, even if they want to move now, they, they it would be hard because the new mortgage would be so expensive. And that's explaining some of the, that's one of the explanations for what's happening broadly in the labor market. Would that play a role in, in, uh, in our future decisions in a, in a future um, tight, in a future loosening cycle? about whether we would cut rates? No, I, I don't think it would. I mean, I don't think that's, I, I think we'd be looking at what the, you know, fundamentally what what rates does the economy need? And, and you know, in, in an emergency like the pandemic or during the global financial crisis, you, you know, the, the, you have to cut rates to the point that you have to do, do what you can to support the economy. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that, that that would be a reason for us not to do that. It's not something we're thinking about at all right now, but down the road, I wouldn't think so. Okay. Um, and that sums it up there at the end on how Jerome Powell and the FOMC feels about housing. It's not something we're thinking about at all. They don't care about the housing market being, they, they honestly don't care about how unaffordable it is for many. They only care about the 2% inflation level getting to that target and getting there at maximum employment if that means that we get to two percent inflation and we get there with maximum employment if that means less people can afford to buy a home and have the dream of home ownership so be it jerome powell doesn't care his ma mandate from the government is not to protect the housing market Okay. Um, so when he talks about, you know, will this lock in play a role in them reducing rates? He says, no, it will not at all. It's not, if they start to reduce rates, it will not be to try to free up inventory in housing. Okay. So, so there you go on, on his thoughts on the lock in. Now, his first, the first segment of that question, and I give Kyle credit, he asked a great, question and he was very articulate he was also very nice in the way he framed up his owner's equivalent portion of the question owner's equivalent makes up uh you know almost the it, it's it's um shelter makes up 34 percent of cpi okay um 25 is owner's equivalent rent this make-believe number wall street journal wrote a great piece picking apart this number um that if we didn't use this, we'd be much closer to the 2% number where they call homeowners and ask them what they think their house, they, they would, if they had to rent it, what it would rent for, uh, if they had to rent a similar home. It's an absurd way of doing uh, collecting data. And Kyle was much nicer in that, the way he framed up owner's equivalent. I would have been, if I was asking the question, I probably would have said, Jerome, owner's equivalent uh, is a garbage metric. Why do we still use it? Right. He, he has a much more polite question than that. Uh, but Jerome started to talk about This is where he, he confuses me. He started talking about these leases coming due and the fact that actual leases, so not the make believe number of owners equivalent. He kind of just skipped over. He knows that that metric is, is crap. Okay. He knows a make believe survey is not a good way to calculate what's actually going on in the housing market. And it makes up such a large portion of inflation. He knows this. So he starts talking about leases in real time, which is what I've been saying. And many others have been saying, that's what you need to look at. 
And he's saying, hey, as, as these leases, these residential apartments and uh, leases are coming due, that the new leases are being signed, not at an exorbitant, you know, increase, you know, kind of leveling off, or even in some cases, maybe, maybe lower with more incentives. And he said, you know, that's a good thing. Well, yeah, it's a good thing. And it's an obvious thing for those that are looking ahead because of how much inventory, right? When you have inventory, you can actually stabilize prices. You can make things more affordable. And that's what we're going to see in multifamily in quarter four and throughout 2024 as so many of these brand new apartments come online. And, and that's what he's alluding to long term looks very healthy there. Uh, and that, even as we're seeing it in real time, leases coming due, uh, the fact that they're not being signed with significant increases like we saw in the past. OK, so uh, there you go. There's the Jerome Powell. Uh, conversation yesterday for uh, five times he spoke about housing and uh, that last po uh, point there with Kyle Campbell was the most direct uh, question on housing he spent the most time talking about about housing in that ultimately if you're just joining back uh, or just joining here on the live stream certainly go back and watch the replay these replays by the way get uploaded every day on Apple and Spotify if you miss a live stream and that works better for you, it's available there as well. Um, but, you know, just to go back to the top here, top line headline, obviously, is that rates have hold. Uh, there is some sentiment brewing here earlier this morning that there'll be one more hike this year. Uh, there, there's, you know, another camp that, that's ready to stay paused. But basically, uh, you know, one third of officials who have been spoken to and the median projection for next year would be two cuts at some point in 2024 don't believe we're going to get to two percent inflation not me but some of the projections that, that i've read till 2025 so i don't think those cuts would come until probably second half 24 okay uh there's your update on fomc and jerome powell next fomc meeting is i'll tell you right now next fomc meeting will be October 31st and November 1st, okay? So uh, Halloween and November 1st. So the next time Jerome Powell gets up and gives us their decision on what they're doing with the Fed rate will be the afternoon of November 1st. Then they meet again December 12th and 13th for the final time this year. All right, let's take a look at what happened this morning in the labor market, it's it's something that uh, Jerome Powell spoke a lot about yesterday. That was my prediction from BAM Camp yesterday. He's going to talk a lot about the labor market. It's it's kind of the last real tool that they have. And he did not get good news today. U.S. jobless claims fell to 201,000. Falling sounds like good news. Okay, less people losing their job. It's the lowest level since January. Unemployment uh, benefits uh, applications for those are near a half century low. Continuing claims dropped to the lowest level since the start of 2023. Now, this helps his case of like maximum employment, but it makes the fight against inflation harder. Um, initial job claims dropped by 20,000 to 201,000 ending September 16th, returning within striking distance of the lowest level in more than five decades. The job market continues to be robust is basically what's happening here. And this is uh, straight out of Bloomberg. 
and and of course, according to Labor Department data, which came out this morning, continuing claims, which are a proxy for the number of people receiving unemployment benefits, declined to 1.66 million in the week through September 9th. That was also the lowest level since the start of the year. Uh, here's the chart here, which shows you where uh, claims are heading. We'll drop that into the daily download on BAMX for our BAMX members. If you're not a BAMX member, use code HOT to get 10% off of that. All right. So I said it, I was asked the question yesterday. It'll be up on at Knowledge Brokers podcast tomorrow at uh, BAMCAM. The, the panel was really asked the, the question, not just me, but um, my answer for, hey, when do you, where do you see the 30 year fix? We're going to take a look at where we're at and where we're probably heading today in just a second. Uh, where do you see the 30 year fix going? Um, and I, I just don't see it going anywhere. Uh, but where we're at right now for longer, higher rates for longer, or potentially even, you know, even much higher, you know, eight could be in the, in the future. All right. So why do I believe that? Well, number one, and we talked about it on Tuesday, Mortgage Banker Association, they just keep increasing. They're the most bullish, one of the most bullish, and they just keep increasing their projection. They just did it. Go back and listen to Tuesday's Hashi. They just went in the last 30 days from saying we're going to end the year at six to now 6.4. They were in the fives before that. They, they're actually upgrading 2024 in the upward direction. So they're seeing these the signals that higher for longer. Uh, I don't think there's any chance we get to their bullish 6.4 by the end of the year. There's two things that can bring, in my opinion, the 30-year fix down. Uh, one of those would be Jerome Powell cutting rates, and he gave no indication that they're going to do that. Okay. In fact, the sentiment is that they might raise one more time this year. What would get them to raise rates? Well, we'd we'd have to be very close to hitting two percent. We'd have to see. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna land at two percent inflation. They they will start cutting before they get there. Okay. Um, we're nowhere near that right now. Uh, you know, it's it's not it's not right around the corner. The other reason they would cut rates would be dramatic job loss well you just see here you know today this morning we're lowest level since january and applications for unemployment benefits are near half century low so the you know the huge break in the labor market does not appear that it's in front of us obviously if you had that uh that would catapult us into massive recession and the fed would have to uh, you know, start cutting rates and nobody's rooting for that. I don't think anybody in, in real estate and housing should be rooting for people to get their jobs taken from them just to, to get lower interest rates, because guess what? Less people are going to be able to afford to buy those homes if that's the case. So that's the pickle we're in. And that's going to be the market for longer, higher interest rates for longer. What does that mean for real estate professionals? Got to go wider, got to really uh, be engaged on those Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Realtor.com, Zillow gives us clear data. Those are the dates that uh, people are engaged in real estate conversations the most. When I say go wider, it's help more people. It's have more conversations with more people. Even if they're on a two-year plan, roll with them. Increase the audience uh, in your community that you're able to engage with. That's the opportunity right now. Uh, yeah, maybe there's going to be a whole bunch of people getting out of um, – real estate, but guess what else is, is lowering? It's the transactions. You got to go wider. You got to help more people in this business. It, it is, if it is something very few will do, which means for the hot sheet people, for the BAM people, uh, I know you're going to do it. So it, it leaves you 
with a real opportunity to build the big business. Okay, where are we heading today with uh, with the thirty year fixed? We're not getting any. Um, we're not, we're not getting any help here today. Look at the 10 year, the 10 year and the 30 year obviously tied pretty close together historically. <clears throat> when they move, they usually move together. We've seen that recent weeks, recent days, 4.48. It's a big jump on the 10 year. Uh, in fact, this is the highest level in since 2007. 10 year treasury yield hits its highest level since 2007. Right now, investors are looking at this jobless claims. Okay, this is going to be harder to get inflation down, uh, as well as digesting the Federal Reserve's interest rate decision yesterday. And the 10 year is hot right now. It's very hot, which means we're going to have a hot 30 year fixed rate today. It just is what it is. Nobody's rooting for it. But that's the case. Yesterday, we ended at 7.33. I think we could be back up to seven and a half quite easily today. Uh, we'll also get the Freddie Mac 30-year fixed weekly survey, the new weekly update that comes out today. But that's data looking backwards uh, over the next 24 hours here, next next really eight hours. I do expect the daily survey to be closer to seven and a half just based on where the 10-year is, okay? Uh, I, did, I saw a question, Bobby. Somebody was asking for the spelling on Nick T, the Wall Street Journal um, re, uh He's the chief economics correspondent, okay, um, for the Wall Street Journal. His handle on Twitter X is at Nick and I C K Timaros, T I M I R A O S. There he is, okay. Um, yep, his uh, Twitter X bio is free, Evan. Now that's that reporter who's uh, been not been released from Wall Street Journal, anyways. Nick T, great follow, the Adam Schefter of the federal reserve uh, also got some uh some other comments i think somebody said uh can you do bam camp twice a year for those that went yesterday thank you again um he said bam x but i think he's referring to bam camp uh yes we were going to be doing many bam camps next year so we're obviously going to get into some some more accessible locations than naples as well we were flattered by how many people were uh, willing to make the trip to Naples. For those that are not in BAMX, that's how you're going to get 25% off of all of our future events. And you can get 10% off of BAMX right now by using code HOT in the link below uh, to get 10% off of BAMX. Once you're in our community, BAMX, when we have events, when we drop merch, when we do anything, you're going to get the biggest discount on those. So become a BAMX member today. It's coffee money. Um, you know, we want to keep this uh, a community that we can grow together. We're not legacy real estate media just trying to rip you off. Uh, we are here because we are we are basically uh, aligned on the same goals as you are. If you missed BAM Camp and you're on the West Coast, you should go check out FUBCON next week. If you're looking for something to uh, really get set up for quarter four and going into next year, FUBCON 2023 is in LA. It's September 25th to the 28th. Uh, it's absolutely going to be crazy. It's three days, 13 hours and 58 minutes away. Exactly. And you can get 30% off by using code BAM underscore VIP 30. Uh, the exact code is down below. If, if I've misquoted that, uh, it is down below. So you can use that to get 30% off your first ticket and 55% off your second, second ticket. FUBCON 2023 
uh, follow up boss. Thank you to follow up boss for helping us with BAM camp yesterday too. You guys are absolutely amazing. I use follow up boss with my Connecticut team. It's a great product. And, uh, I've, I'm just been hearing that Fubcon is going to be absolutely legendary. Six keynotes, five hands on breakouts, 35 plus speakers they, they do a huge party. Uh, if you're, if you're on the West coast, or even if you're not on the West coast, you should check that out. Get 30% off with the, um, with the code below. Thank you guys for tuning in to this hot sheet. It means a lot to us. If you haven't done so already, consider subscribing to the channel. We'll see you back here tomorrow on a free format Friday where we take your phone calls and your questions on the hot sheet. Can't wait to do that with all of you. Have a great Thursday. Until then, toodaloo.